against the heel of God as Chelsea leave it late. Double goal game from double barreled name Ward Prowse at St Mary's. The John Joe Show arrives at Tyneside as he inspires his new side. And Rooney wipes the smile off Klopp's face. I'm Dubs. I'm Peterson. And this is the Side Netting. Thanks for joining us for another episode. We are back to dissect it all, slice and, and dice it. And um, if this is the first time listening to us, where you been the whole time? <laughs> and um, what we do every week is we find something that happened during the match week and turn it into something funny, a bit obscure. We do our question of the week. So Dubs, this one's a bit more down your alley. Downton Abbey. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Uh, now I need another question. No. <laughs> um, we saw in the Man United-Liverpool game, um, we saw in the travelling away supporters, Michael Carrick, um, yes. Marco Rojo and, and Phil Jones, and Phil Jones uh, with the away supporters. So my question of the week is, if you had to go with two people to an away game, one a pass player and one any player that you want, who would it be? It would have to be someone English speaking. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be hard if they're Spanish and, uh, and you're like, a Coke? Yeah. <laughs> Chips? <laughs> if someone scores, you know, for the rest of the game, they just go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would have to go. I would actually like to go with Sir Alex Ferguson. Oh, yeah. Can I choose him? Well, you would be with the Ice Boys. You'd be up in the. He's always in the corporate boxes. Yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. Sticking to players, yeah. Um, I would like to go with. I reckon Paul Scholes. <laughs> I don't know. I was just random. He'd be fish. angrier than I would be. He would. He'd <laughs> uh, just like complain the whole game. I reckon. I reckon you go, and I'll come back to it. Oh, like, <laughs> all right. Well, if I had to go with two, well, a pass player or any player I want, um, I'd go with. I reckon I would go with. Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard would be awesome. He's like my favourite player <laughs> ever. So that would be pretty cool to, to roll with, with Frank Lampard. And from, uh, if anyone's watched any Chelsea game wherever Frank Lampard was playing, in the stands, who was in the stands watching every one of Frank Lampard's games, Frank Lampard Senior. So I'd be rolling with Frank Lampard Junior and Frank Lampard Senior. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I'd just be in between a, a Lampard sandwich, so... <laughs> That's who I'd roll with. That's the name of the show. <laughs> so who am I going to go with? That is a real tough, mm. tough question. One of them, I reckon I'm going to go with Ryan Giggs. Yep. Because he's just going to be quiet the whole time. He would, I'm going to watch the game. He wouldn't say a word. Uh, and next one, I reckon Peter Schmeichel. Peter Schmeichel? Yeah. That'd be cool. He, he didn't know English enough. Oh, he's... Just about his first language <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's who I'd go with. Okay, all right. Well, we're moving on because we've got uh, a lot to get through in very short amount of time. <laughs> um, match of the week. I couldn't seem to go past the Chelsea Everton three all draw. Um, goals galore, but it all happened in the second half with yeah. a, an extremely uneventful, very boring, very slow <laughs> first half. What do you want to start? Do you want to start at the end? Oh, to... where, where do we start? Oh, well, I will start at the end and we'll work our way back. Because the, the heel of, like, remember when uh, Maradona scored the goal? Yes, the hand his hand, the hand. This is the heel of God. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, let's take aside that the goal was offside. How good was that goal? Yes. Like, seriously, like, tech is in the box. Just cool as a cucumber, just back heel it. Um, and, yeah, obviously, Martinez has a right to be angry, I think that that goal was paid, but you can sort of understand how because in the spur of the moment, that ball was just pinging around the box. Yeah. And, you know, everyone was jumping up for that ball, so the linesman probably had no idea if it was coming off a Chelsea player's head in the end or an Everton player's head. And yeah. I mean, we have the benefit of a replay, and when you see it on replay, you see it comes off Oscar. So, yeah. therefore, that, that goal shouldn't have been allowed. We, we've but, said before that. 
the the ref can only play it as he sees it. Exactly. And that's how he saw it. Yeah. Even um, Chris Hiddink after the game just said, yeah, it was offside. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, football, we've been watching football our whole life. It swings in roundabouts. You yeah. Get, you get calls that go your way and yeah. you get calls that don't go your way. So, um, yeah, but... Uh, another of the sticking points for Everton was that the goal came in the 98th minute when the fourth official only put up seven minutes. Yeah. And what we're always told is that the injury time is actually at the discretion of the referee. If he feels yeah. it's not enough, yeah. he'll go longer. If he feels it's too much, he'll do, do it shorter. And Everton almost had themselves to blame that they're complaining about this because because um, I think they scored like 91st, 92nd minute. And Funes Mori jumps into the crowd to celebrate. Yeah. That wasted like a good minute and a half. Yeah. So then the ref obviously thought, well, I've got to add that time in. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously they're waiting for that game to finish at the end. No one sort of pushes up. Yeah. No one tries to put pressure on the, I think at that stage it was, um, it was a Courtois, just sort of dribbling the ball down the halfway line and, and picking the cross in. No one shuts him down. They're yeah. all just waiting for, for the game and, for that ball then to bounce off almost well, four Chelsea players touch it. I think Zuma heads it, um, Ivanovic heads it, Oscar heads it, and then <laughs> John Terry backheels it, all, yeah. all in the 18-yard box. Um, I think the Everton defenders also have to put their hand up and you have to ask a lot of questions about their defence, which yeah. has been asked a lot this season. And if, if Everton were trying to play an offside trap, Within like almost a six yard box. Oh, dangerous! That's their that's their fault. <laughs> yeah, um, that, I, I mean, this isn't the first time this season that Everton have let games slip very, very late. I mean, we uh, one of the last few podcasts we did was when they played Bournemouth, and there was like three goals in injury time, and yeah. Bournemouth came back, and almost the same thing happened. Everton scored in injury time, carried on for a good minute and a half, thinking that they won the game. Yeah. And then the ref added the extra time on and, you know, they switched off. Bournemouth scored again and, you know, got a got a draw. And um, they recently played Stoke as well. And, you know, same thing. They gave away – they keep giving away um, goals all the time, especially yeah. really late in injury time, it seems. It's almost like they, they get ahead and just switch off. Yeah, yeah. They don't – I mean, Martinez is a good attacking coach. I don't think Martinez is the best coach when it comes to defence. Yeah. Um, and we saw that, like, he was a manager of Wigan that got relegated. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you just need to, and especially when they're two goals up, you, you shouldn't be losing from two goals. You need to put the brakes on, you know, just, you can almost just play off the counter. Once you go two goals up, you just pick the team off. You just pick the bones. Yeah. Um, Everton just seemed to keep playing. They want to just keep playing attractive football, and that's great. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you've got to convert those points. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I, I think um, Everton will feel like they almost lost the game, whereas Chelsea probably walked away thinking that they gained <laughs> yeah gained a point. Um, I saw one of probably the best passes I've seen all season in this game from Fabregas yeah. to... Uh, to Diego. To Diego, yeah. Yeah, it was... That um, was... Passes like that are so... You have to get them so pinpoint accurate. It's yeah. not even funny because it all it takes is just... If it's if it's too high and bounces too high, yeah, you're stuffed. Um, but it was just perfectly weighted. It bounced exactly where he needed it to go. Um, and Diego actually did pretty well to get it through yeah. the defender and the keeper. And, and he also, as that ball was coming across, he was actually behind the shoulder of um, Jagielka. He had to actually make ground up. Yeah. And uh, just sort of applied enough. You know, the two players were. It was fifty fifty, and he he used his shoulder and just managed to get his foot to it to get it. Yeah. underneath um, Howard. so This is one of the circumstances where I always say um, that Diego Costa is deceptively fast. Yes, yes. Because he doesn't look fast. No, no, If I he agree. needs to, he'll switch it on. Yeah, I remember because, <laughs> I mean, when I travelled to Stamford Bridge last season, unfortunately he was injured for the games that I was there. But I was lucky enough to see him when they came out to Sydney. Yeah, and that was the thing that struck me: how fast he actually is. Yeah, because he gets the ball, and he's he's actually really quick. Mm. So um, you know, for and it was a really good move from Hiddink as well, because that first half was absolutely terrible football, and Hiddink set up his team with Mikel and Matic in the holding role, and it just it just wasn't working at all. There was no creativity at all. 
Um, like Maddie's just seemed to get pulled all over the pitch and they were really exposing the defenders. Yeah. So he, at halftime, he took Maddie off and he dropped Fabregas back alongside Mikel. And we just saw the creativity from, from Fabregas. He got the ball and he was able to, you know, overpass everyone, get that long ball in, yeah. create something and then score again, you know, a minute later. Yeah. And the one thing we saw from Fabregas is... Um, he showed a lot of passion when he scored. I think it was his first goal <laughs> in the league this season. And um, when he scored, he was running a- along the touchline and he was sort of like almost having a go at the crowd, the same <laughs> yeah. crowd that were booing him. Trying you know? to shut and, him up. And I think he was sort of saying, you know, you guys got stuck into me, you guys got stuck into me. <laughs> but, you know, oh, well, but, you know, you sort of have to cut that on the chin. But, yeah, um, yeah, it was, you know, but before the goals, we saw, like, it was just terrible play from Chelsea. I was, you know, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, I think, at that stage, and I was sitting there and I was just so angry. Yeah. Um, the way the first few goals that Everton got came about, just basically from players running at the back four, um, like four players tried to tackle Lukaku in the lead-up to the first yeah. first goal and where JT accidentally scored the end goal. And um, I only managed to catch the highlights. Yep. Uh, a, it... The the first half highlights were like it was nothing. It was like one, blow the whistle, one shot. blow the whistle again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but did Hazard play out in? No, Hazard was still injured. They reckon okay. he'll be back this weekend against Arsenal. Yep. They travelled to the Emirates. Yeah. Um. So that'll that'll be a big game. And um, I thought Morales had actually a really good game for Everton. He scored a superb goal. He sort of had his back to goal, controlled the ball, turned and volleyed it straight past his um countryman Courtois. Yeah. Um. So that was a really really good goal. But um. Yeah, it was just it was just really bad play from Chelsea, and you know when they got level um, towards the end of the game, when Funes Murray scored the goal, Ivanovic was marking Murray in the box, and he tried to play an offside trap when yeah. the ball was being crossed in, yeah. and so Murray, it was like Murray or Lukaku were putting the ball in there. Um, very athletic from Funes Murray to jump up that high and sort of get yeah. his foot to the. It was a real and awkward yes. goal. Did well to get it to go the opposite yeah, way, the back was, across goal. Yeah. yeah. And what I really noticed was um, Delafeu, he came on late in the game and he was causing a lot of problems for Everton. Um, and, yeah, his cross, I don't know how he managed to get the dip yeah. in that ball. Like He got the dip originally from the corner and then the ball sort of resets, comes back to him. And he manages to sort of just kick it with the front of his foot almost. Yeah. And, and get he, enough power and dip into that ball. From what I saw, I'm pretty sure he kicked it from the half volley too. Yeah. Because it bounced up and then he just... Yeah. yeah. It, it looks like he's stabbing the ball. Yeah. It was, it was really weird. I mean, he's obviously got fantastic <laughs> technique. He's from yeah. a product of the Barcelona Youth Academy. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, ended up being a, a you know, cracker of a finish. I was, and, and as that ball was going into the box at the end, I was thinking, Chelsea's going to score here. Yeah. I don't know, for some reason I just... Maybe it was blind optimism or yeah. or what, but uh, yeah, I was off the couch, sort of silently punching the air, <laughs> trying not to wake up the wife at you know four o'clock in the morning. So uh, yeah, I was a bit lucky, and I think that was now the fifth game under hitting yep. where Chelsea are undefeated. Yeah. So, uh, but just be nice if they started turning these draws into like wins because they're only four points off safety at the yeah. moment. Um, still a long way to go. From from what you've seen and the way they're playing under Hiddink, does it look like uh, they're just playing comfortable or does it look like Hiddink's doing something with them? I think Hiddink is doing something with them. He's obviously talked to a few of the players about how they've been approaching the game and how they're playing because you can see his influence in the team. Um, they're obviously trying to play with a bit more flair, a bit yeah. more entertaining. and Maybe he's realised that you know Chelsea have all these you know attacking like a lot of Brazilian Spanish players, yeah. like play like how you know how you want to play, yeah. rather than you know you have to mark this player, you have to cover this space. Like Mourinho is almost like the opposite type, where you know every player has a, a role to do, and that role helps the other player do their role. Yeah, and you know if you do your job, that player will do his job, that player will do his job. Yeah, and it'll work. Um, but yeah, I think maybe that message just sort of got a bit strained. Over the time and yeah, but yeah, it's um, a long way to go still for Chelsea. Hitting has, you know, still reiterated that Chelsea is still in a relegation fight. Yeah, um, which they are because all the teams at the bottom have been picking up points yeah. quite regularly at the moment. So you can't really afford to to drop too many because 
you then can't sort of climb up the ladder and the teams below you are almost grabbing you by the legs, pulling you down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, even though it's been positive, still quite a bit of work to do. Everton will also be really disappointed because um, this is probably one of the most entertaining Everton sides we've seen for, for years. Um, we, you know, grew up with the David Moyes Everton team. It was, like, really industrial um, very scrappy, long ball football. Now they've, you know, they've got Lukaku, Barkley, Delafeu, all these attacking players that really like to play quick and with flair. Yet they're continuing to let themselves down at the back, and they continue to give away leads. Yeah. And in the last nine games alone, Everton have dropped fourteen points from like winning positions. Yeah. And you add that those fourteen yeah. points, they almost be top of the table. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about how this is the most level Premier League season we've probably ever seen. And at the end of the season, if they don't finish top four, they'll literally be hitting themselves over the head going, how did we start this yeah. up in a season where it was it was anyone's to, to win? Yeah. And they continue to let themselves down with just, you know, mind fades, <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> Um, speaking of mind fans, hey, on to <laughs> the uh, staple uh, yep. segment of the week, yep. the Cleverly Award. My favourite. Um, as usual, <laughs> I, I didn't see anything. Uh, did you catch something this week? Yeah, yes, I did. Uh, this this is a very special one. It was uh, a, this is a debut for the, the Cleverly Award, and um, a debut itself in football. For uh, I was watching Sunderland Tottenham and. During the transfer window, Sunderland have signed a defender from Bayern Munich, um, the, a German. His name is Jan Kirchhoff, and he's only appeared once for Bayern Munich this season. And I think I understand why after seeing him play this <laughs> weekend for Sunderland. He came on at, I think it was the 58th minute for his debut, and in that 30-plus minutes of football, he managed to um, divert Christian Eriksen's shot into the net, get the deflection. Oh, yes, yeah. He then managed yeah. to give away the penalty on Rose, which Harry Kane converted, and he just looked extremely slow. He looked like he couldn't read the play or handle the pace of the Premier League. And, yeah, and he's very tall, skinny and lanky, so he stood out. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it looked like, I think, uh, Big Sam was sort of sitting there on the bench chewing his gum going, Wow. <laughs> like, did we actually get the right player? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It's I think, his twin. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's. I think it's pretty special to get a Cleverly Award nomination in your, your first game of football. So, uh, Jan Kirchhoff, congratulations. Uh, you know, it didn't all go well for you this weekend, but you can look on this and sort of put a smile on your face. <laughs> know that you've entertained us, at least at the side of <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah, good luck. You're going to need it. Well done. <laughs> um, but now on to, on to Dave's favourite segment of, um, of the show, our Fantasy Football Roundup. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to record last week because we had midweek football, and by the time it wrapped up, the weekend football was starting again. So, um, yeah, any thoughts after this, this game week? Uh, Dusan Tardy seems to haunt your dreams at the does, moment. He does, he um... does. I one week left him in, yep. but, and I should have put Willie Willian in, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Willian scored. Uh, and this week, yeah, I've got Willian and Tadic on the bench, and he goes and scores. Yeah, that's Murphy's law. Which brings me to uh, a question from our listener. Yep, oh, <laughs> one of our listeners. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's two. No, one or two. <laughs> this question is from Rush. Yep. Who just happens to be leading our fantasy yeah. team? She seems to have a lot of swagger at the moment about her <laughs> rush. She's very quick with the banter. But I'll give her this: we did ask people to ask we us did. questions. So <laughs> she says, "Why is it when you sub someone off in fantasy, they score that very same round?" Yeah, it's it's true, isn't it? It's like the the worst. Have you had any? Well, you just talked about. I just had. <laughs> um, the simple answer I can say is Murphy's Law. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, imagine if you had a crystal ball. Like, first I would use it to get Tatsalotta numbers for, like, the biggest mega draw ever. Yeah. 
Second thing I would do is use the Freddie Ty season of fantasy football <laughs> <laughs> and just almost like Biff Sports Almanac. You'd be able to see all the results. Oh, yeah, Guerrero's going to score five this week. If, if you win the Global League in this fantasy, yeah. do you win something? Uh, I think there is like a prize. I'm yeah. not sure what that prize is. Okay. A number of years ago, I finished very high in like the top percentile. Yeah. This is probably like six, seven years ago. Like absolutely smashed it that year. Yeah. And I was like in the, the, the top, 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 top echelon of players. Um, but yeah, that's about as close as I've ever got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, you had yeah, Dusan Tadic and within of recent. Um, recently for myself, I... I've had Daly Ali in my side for probably five, six weeks. And a few times I've put him on my bench um, just, you know, because I can't seem to, to play everyone at once. Whenever I seem to put him on the bench, he scores or assists. Yeah. It's really grinding my gears a little bit because he's <laughs> such a talented player. Yeah. yeah. Whenever I seem to have him by 11, he just, I know, doesn't seem to get involved or just misses a goal and yeah. just doesn't come up for him. And, um, yeah, last game week I took out Oliver Giroud and he uh, scored a double. Yeah. I, I reckon there's people out there, like if you divide the global fantasy league in half, yeah. half the people take out one player and the other half put them in. Yeah. So that it's it's that balance. Mm, that's that's <laughs> So right. I blame the other half of the people. Yeah. <laughs> for um, putting them in. Now, talking about, um, while we're still on fantasy football, of course, um, our player of the week this week was Charlie Daniels from Bournemouth, the the fullback, who absolutely had a stellar game as far as points goes for a defender. He got 18 points. So he got the two points for the 90 points. uh, Sorry, for the 90 minutes, I should say. He scored a goal. So there's six points for a defender, which is just awesome. He also had an assist. Hmm. Um, as the fullback. So there's three points. They kept a clean sheet, and, of course, you got maximum bonus points. So yeah. um, absolutely killing If you had Charlie Daniels in your side this weekend, you were just licking your lips. And yeah. he was fantastic on the weekend too. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe starts to pop up. Um, I've already, I had a look already, and um, transfers in already this week. He's, I think, ranked third. For yeah. most transfers in, so... Is that after the match? That's after the match. So that's <laughs> yeah. like, when I checked, it was, you know, a couple of hours just before we started recording. Yeah. Um, the the f- number one was um, Wijnaldum, the oh, yeah. Dutch midfielder from Newcastle, who's had a very good season. Yeah. Um, and also Sergio Aguero, who, no surprise, with after two goals and an assist, yeah. um, moved up. So, but Aguero's that one where he's... He's still, I think, thirteen point three million. He's the most expensive player yeah. in the comp. But I know he always seems to get injured every few games. Yeah. But when he plays, he seems to do quite well. Um, and I think he has ten goals this season from fifteen games. But from I can't remember if he scored five or four against Newcastle in that one game quite early in the season, and yeah. he scored two here. Five, so I, I, it might have been. Yeah, I think it's five. Yeah. Anyway, whatever it was, it yeah. was. It was either four or five. Which yeah. Is, um, and then, you know, he scored two this weekend. So that's, you know, over half his goals have just come from two games. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's sort of a, a big big risk versus big reward type of thing for Aguero because, you know, no one exactly has that money lying around in their fantasy side. You've got to almost yeah. probably get rid of two players to make it work. Yeah. And then if you do that, you've got to rearrange your whole, yeah. your whole uh, team. Uh, now, I also have a beef. I have beef with um, Rihad Mares at the moment, who is causing a lot of headaches for fantasy manager. Just about every single fantasy manager has Mares yeah. in their side. At you know, if they don't have him now, they definitely had him before. Yeah. And in the last, I think, three rounds, he's missed two penalties. Yeah. And when you get minus two points for that, it it just absolutely kills you. And did you have him? You did I you have him, as- Captain? I think I did have him as captain, yeah. yeah. I, I had a look, and in our league, most people had him as captain because, you know, Leicester were, at, were playing against Aston Villa. Yeah. Um, so you sort of thought, oh, well, Aston Villa are absolutely packed. <laughs> but, um, yeah, unfortunately, he couldn't convert convert the penalty. So Maybe that's what, in, I remember that picture you put up of Abramovich on his phone. Oh, yeah. Maybe he realised that he had Mahrez in his Maybe he was captain. checking his scores. <laughs> yeah. <and> <laughs> In his um, like fantasy league with like billionaires around the world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he probably lost a million dollars. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, that Zuckerberg right. from Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's, that's been a bit of a, a pain. And uh, apparently, I think 
10,000 fantasy managers took Mara's actually out of their team. Oh, really? On the weekend. So Jeez. they were probably sweating as he was stepping up to take that penalty going, oh, crap. And then they were like, oh, yeah, see, that's that's why I took him out because he's rubbish. So. It was at least on target this time. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was. But it was such a lazy penalty. Yeah, it was slow. No conviction I, in the kick. If he'd kicked it any harder... I think it would have been saved anyway. Yeah. Just with his hands, not his feet. And now that he's missed two in a row, I mean, he has been Leicester's penalty taker this season, which has helped him like get quite a few goals. Mm. Um, do you wonder? Do you reckon he'd take another one? I doubt it. Yeah, that, that's the because th- I, I thought I thought the deal was that you have a penalty till you miss, and if mm. you miss, someone else steps. Well, up. a lot of teams teams a lot. Some teams have like I mean, for Chelsea, they always had Frank Lampard. As, yeah. You know he. Probably missed one every twenty. <laughs> yeah, um, he had one of the best records it was when it came to penalties. Um, but yeah, sometimes when it's not going your way, you got to sort of hand it off. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Just to digress a little bit, did you see that video of that someone put it on Facebook? It was so funny of Hazard's 2015/16 goals. <laughs> yes, I saw it. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> It's not it just, fair, Dave. It starts and then it's like, thanks for watching. <laughs> That's not fair, Dave. That was so funny. Anyway. I'm already in a bolder proposition <laughs> right now. Don't try me over the edge. Uh, back to fantasy. All right, back to fantasy. And I, I want to give a special um, shout out to um, our friend Ben, who has, he has been number one in our fantasy league for most of the season until quite recently. And then this season, poor Ben, he did something that I've never seen happen to anyone before in all the years we've been playing fantasy football. He had, his captain was Bakary Sanya, who for Manchester City did not end up playing because of an injury. Um, his vice captain was Mesut Otzel, who was a late withdrawal from an injury. So zero captain double points at all. He also happened to play his, um, what was it, his all-out attack Button, which means that you can just play with two defenders and play all your midfielders, all your strikers. Yeah. And, yeah, because Mesut Otzel didn't play, he still got zero points. And the defender that came in place for Bakary Sanya was Scott Dan from Crystal Palace, who conceded four goals and got <laughs> zero points. <laughs> so, I mean, it was sort of like the absolute, the, the major clusterfuck of all clusterfucks <laughs> when it came to, to fantasy. And, uh, yeah, Paul Ben, that probably didn't. I was stirring him up a bit during the week about that. He wasn't too happy. <laughs> Dare I say, cleverly award nominee? Yeah, might, might actually. Yeah, you know what? That's, that's you know, a, a special <laughs> let, mention. We'll at least let him win something. <laughs> yeah, a special mention to Ben for it. Uh, yeah, a special honorary cleverly award. Good, good work, Dave. So you did come up with something. Uh, so, yeah, for, for, for that, um, yeah, good on him. So, um yeah, uh, fantasy football this week. You think you do your trades very early. I do. Have you been sort of mucking around with with trades? Um, not really. I'm actually waiting for the transfer deadline to end so that yeah I can use my wild card. Yeah, I'm teetering on the edge of just using it. <laughs> just sort of <laughs> because my it. points are getting worse and worse every week. Yeah. Um. So I'm just tempted to to use it. Shake it up. Because, like for for example, um. If I was to get, like, Benteke in and he goes to another team, I've still got him. He just changes team. So if I thought of it that way, that could, you know, justify using the wild card. But I might get it. Might end up getting a world-class player from another league. Yeah. That's even better. The, the thing so, is, though, there's not really much talk about, yeah. like, major. It's not like there's talk that, oh, yeah, Paul Pogba's close to signing for so-and-so. And yeah. um, this player, I mean, last transfer window... Um, I was waiting for Kevin De Bruyne to come back. And once he signed for Manchester City, I brought him straight into my side. Yeah. Um, like, we knew that was coming. Um, yeah. But, yeah, nothing uh, – there's never really major stuff that happens in, yeah. in January. And... You, you get the the usual players linked with, like, every team. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I, I reckon even for Manchester United, I think the only one that even looks like it might happen is possibly Mane. To come in. Yeah. But even that's just a maybe. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, you got Yanazai back? Yes. He played, I think he played for the under 21s. Yes, he did. Um, uh, two so, goals, I think he scored. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully they, they put him back. Yeah. Um, Although he scores goals, so Van Hal won't like him. Well, because he went to um, to Dortmund, <laughs> Dortmund, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And I oh, think, he played. Yeah, I think they said that he's not mentally ready yeah. for that sort of competition or for the first team. Yeah. 
Um, which I don't know if I'd say he's not mentally ready. I just, it's just experience. Yeah. And he did come good, and I was shocked that they yeah. even moved him somewhere. Well, so when, when they moved him on, he, like, scored that week. <laughs> yeah. It was quite strange, wasn't it? Um, which happens to every person that we get rid of. <laughs> yeah, um, basically. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see that he's back and hopefully he comes back into the first team. Yeah. So, shall we get on to the week's matches? Yeah, let, let's, let's have a look. Um, Tottenham had a, a good win against Sunderland, but they had to come from behind for a, a 4-1, 4-1 win. Um, pretty good, keeping their sort of title hopes very much alive. Mm. Um, yeah, just and to cap off a good week for, for Spurs, Deli Ali signed a new deal during the week, so... He'll be there for a while, and yeah, good form from Christian Eriksen, who's got a double. Yeah, um, it, it doesn't sound like they had to do much to come from behind with 4-1. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've talked before about how you're most vulnerable as soon as you score, yeah. and that's exactly what we, what happened here. Like, Sunderland took a shock lead, yeah. and then you're thinking, oh, great, now Sunderland's going to like pretty much just cram the box, sort of just force Tottenham to play you know, wide, long shots. And yeah, Tottenham scored like within thirty seconds. Yeah. So that sort of plan went out the window, and um, uh, yeah, Harry Kane getting a penalty and getting an assist in the game. So good work from the English striker. Is it Jan? Oh yeah, Jan Kirchhoff. We yeah, talked about yeah. him, our Cleverly Award nominee. <laughs> uh, and yeah, um, Bournemouth a three 0 win over Norwich. Um, bit of a <laughs> surprise, but. A 3-0 win, and the only point we've got is new signing of Phoebe. Yeah. Uh, yeah bought, <laughs> but he did score. So. Yeah. I mean, he did score, and he should have probably scored in his first game midweek where yeah. he had a, a header in the six-yard box and, and put it over the bar. Yeah. Um, I think he cost the club, like, around 10, 10, yeah, million. 10 million. Yeah, And um, they were interviewing one of the Bournemouth um, players who, you know, a lot of these players have been at Bournemouth since they were in, like, the fourth tier of football. Yeah. And they were saying, you know, when we started, you know, we'd have to, like, wash our own kits, clean our own boots, and now our club's spending, like, $12 million on players. Like, yeah. it's They still think it's, it's quite surreal. quite bizarre. Yeah. Um, a good signing, though, because I think he was at Hull... No, he was at Wolves, and he scored nearly a goal a game while he was at Wolves. So, good signing, and it's also a, a probably another good good one that they've got a, with an eye of the future that if they end up getting relegated, they've got a proven championship goal scorer in yeah. their team. Yeah. So that's also going to help if they get back up. But, you know, Bournemouth could easily finish mid-table yeah. the way this season's going, and that's probably what they should be aiming for. Yeah. Uh, Man City 4, Crystal Palace 0. Yeah. Now, this one was a fairly comfortable game. Yeah. I think Palace had the first shot of anger. And came close, but um, after that, um, it was basically all, all City. And they had probably Hennessy, the Crystal Palace third-choice keeper, to thank because he um, midweek he let through um, a goal between his legs for Aston Villa when they finally got a win. And then in this game, he let you know Fabian Delft's 40-yard shot oh, man. sort of just dip underneath his... That was a perler. Yeah, it was a, it was a good goal. I think it might have got a slight deflection, so I'll give Hennessy that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, still, you shouldn't be letting a ball go underneath your arms yeah. from 40 yards out. You, you've think. got that much time to see it coming. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, um, worrying signs now for Crystal Palace, who had really been flying for quite a while. Um, a lot of wins, a lot of really good results, a lot of clean sheets, and now I think they've had three or four losses in a row, five games in a row now without scoring. So yeah. it just shows how, you know, imperative it is that they sign a striker this window. And they are looking to sign a striker. They yeah. just haven't landed anyone. The, um, the the whole table seems to be almost shifting back to how it should be. Yeah. Um, with, you know, Leicester dropping and dropping. Yeah. Um, like Aguero's back, Rooney's back. Yeah. It's it's luck fixing itself. Yeah, it's sort of really like weird. slowly shifting it. The other you know, scary thing is like we, we sit here. It's what game week twenty two. Leicester's still equal top with Arsenal. Leicester have won have won one game in the last five. Yeah, yet they're still equal top. This yeah. is how topsy turvy this uh, this season is. I saw um, after the highlights they show the the league table and United was still fifth. Yeah, and I was like. What? Yeah. How the hell can we be fifth? Because we haven't even been winning. Well, been drawing or losing. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, I think United got lucky this week because West Ham lost. 
Um, like Crystal Palace drop points again, so they're starting to slide down. Yeah. And, you know, Watford, that really good run that they had around Christmas time has since sort of dropped off. Yeah. So, you know, you get three points, you can almost jump up two, three places in the table at the moment. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we talked about before, Cuneguero was was back, um, got a double, and very unselfish. Um, probably should have had a hat-trick, but decided to yeah. to pass it off to David Silver. And and I thought that was really good. You yeah, never, never see anything like that. I, I could actually argue that Silver should have knocked it back to him. because He probably could have, yeah. He took a touch and then... I almost thought he wasn't going to score. Yeah. Um, but then Aguero was there by himself. But he did score. But uh, yeah. I thought, yeah, he he could have, you know, knocked it back again, saying you, you're you're clear and free. Yeah. Good, but, good um, teamwork. Yeah, it is good teamwork. You would never see Cristiano Ronaldo do that. <laughs> nope. He, he cracks the shits if he doesn't score, like, and their team will score like five, six goals. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's actually footage of him cracking the shits, yelling at players while they're celebrating because <laughs> they haven't passed him. So, uh yeah, good work there. But, uh, yeah, Newcastle 2-1 win over West Ham and sort of halting West Ham's recent resurgence. They're, uh, Newcastle are kind of holding their own now. Yeah, those have split personalities. <laughs> you, you watch a Newcastle game, like, you have no idea what you what to expect. It's, yeah. it's never boring when it comes to Newcastle. Is this um, John Joe Shelby's first match? For yes, it was. Because I, I was surprised to see him show up. Yeah, he, um, he signed he set up one just before the United game. Yep. So he was paraded around the pitch just before the United game was in the stands. And okay. so this was his debut and a, a really good show from, from John Joe. Um, yeah, he, he's like the – he almost got the assist because he passed it yeah. off and then someone else got well, the he, assist. But... He basically set up both yeah. goals with two long-range passes that, that led to goals. And um, really good teamwork for, for both goals. I thought Yanmar, you know, he had to take that – John Joe Shelby crushed from probably 40, 50 yards on yeah. the run. And then Yanmat still had the, the pace to, to get around the, the fullback and get the cross in. So. Yeah. Well, uh, John Joe Shelby, he uh, – I don't know how settled he would be given that no matter if he's in Swansea or he's here in Newcastle, he's almost going to get relegated anyway. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what he'd be feeling at the moment. I reckon he'd be unsettled. It's also a strange signing. Like, if you're in a relegation battle, the last thing you want to do is give an upper hand to yeah. someone that you're in that battle with. Yeah. It's um, a little bit strange for Swansea. So, you know, you don't sort of realise, you know, how much did the relationship break down between Swansea and John J. Shelby. Yeah. Um, we saw in recent weeks he'd sort of lost his place at Swansea. Yeah, I'd felt that. Um, copped a, quite a bit of abuse from um, the fans during the FA Cup last weekend yep. when they, I think they lost to Oxford or something. And like some of the Swansea travelling fans were really getting stuck into Shelby. And Shelby basically told them to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so obviously maybe he'd mentally made that mind that, look, I want to get out of here. Yeah. And anyway, but, you know, he's. We saw, at the start of the season, when Swansea were on that remarkable start of that first month of the season, they were they were brilliant. Yeah, um, and he was in the England side at, at that stage, playing really good football. And um, he just I don't know he's such a roller coaster, John Joe Shelby. He's got that much potential, and yeah. you know he showed glimpses of it at Liverpool, and then moved on to Swansea to play more football. Shows glimpses of it, but he's also the type of player that just has massive like brain fades. Yeah. And we saw it in the Newcastle game. He, he elbowed a West Ham player in, in the back of the head during the game. He was lucky he probably wasn't sent off. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you get, when it comes to John Joe Shelby, you get the good and the bad. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, you know, all you can go off is what he's done and what he's done so far for Newcastle has been pretty good. Yeah. Yes. Um, Southampton with a 3-0 win over West Brom. Fairly comfortable. <laughs> um, a nice early goal from um, James Ward-Prowse, the, the young England midfielder. He um, scored a fantastic free kick. Um, I, I don't know if you, you I, caught it. I think it. I missed that. It was, it was like Beckham-esque. It was like whipped in and he managed – he like put all the power he had in his body into like curling this ball around and just torpedoes into like, – but the curls as well. Oh, really? So curls and torpedoes into like the top corner. It Ugh. was a fantastic goal. And then Southampton won another penalty in the first half, so he stood up and took the responsibility. So yeah, and then your man Dusan Tadic making it three 0 <laughs> and um, yeah, really good result for Southampton. But mostly importantly, just before the game, the news broke that 
Southampton had acquired the services of Charlie Austin. <laughs> he's back. He's he is back in the Premier League and for four million pounds. Which at first I thought was really surprising. Yeah. But it then, sounds cheap. Yes, yeah, it sounds cheap. And then I realised, well, he only had six months left to go on his contract at QPR. Yeah. So I think maybe a lot of the clubs were thinking, look, we'll wait till he's out of contract and then it's basically just a, it's his choice where he wants yeah. to go and who's offering the most wage. Yeah. So maybe Southampton saw this as an opportunity to say, look, well, well he's $4 million. Yeah, you can yeah. either let him go for free yeah. or at least you can get $4 million for him and they probably gave him a, a really good deal wages-wise. Yeah. So. The four million price sounds like it started at ten, and is kind of like negotiated back to yeah. four. Because um, yeah, it just sounds cheap, but yeah. You know. Well, I think it's a good move for Charlie Austin because Southampton seem to play when they're on. They they play fantastic football. Um, so you know, and they're not short of strikers. Yeah. At Southampton, they got um Pele. They've got Jay Rodriguez coming back. Dusan Tadic. So, and yeah, Mane can score goals too yeah. when they want. So, uh, yeah, and Shane Long as well. I keep forgetting about Shane Long. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good good move for Southampton, but um, good moves. Aston Villa, Leicester, one all. Villa seem to be, yeah, top of the bottom. Villa seem to be making a bit of a late run at the moment for survival. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they can do it though? Yeah. It's a little bit too late. It's, it's uh, too little, too late. I think so. Given that the table is that. Yeah. No matter where you are in the table, it's it's close points, yeah. and um, I think that it's it, yeah, I think it's too little, too late. Yeah, um, they're gonna even if they get up a couple, they're still third position. Yeah. Well, um, I think they're still. I think they're what are they like ten points just from getting out of relegation. Yeah. So and then you know not only do you need to win all your games, you need to rely on the other teams dropping yeah. points. So you almost need like a fifteen point swing. At best. Yeah. They need um, they need to sign a mouse to churn the butter. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of that tub. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a bit but of, I think they'll drown. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a surprise, yeah, considering you sort of forget, yeah, this was a top V bottom yeah. game of EPL football. So, you know, a massive result for Villa to get a, a point against Leicester and yeah, another result where Leicester will just be kicking themselves going, Oh, you know, hopefully yeah. you know. Well, because 'cause I've noticed that no matter who Leicester are playing, they play well, but they still don't. They don't wreck any teams. Like it's not like they'll. Yeah, win they're not putting nil. teams to the sword. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> they keep leaving the door ajar most games. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but the Mares penalty should have. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's just a bad penalty. Yeah, um, and yeah, it was sort of Villa getting a, a bit of a, a scrappy goal from Rudy Gestade from across, but um, yeah, Liverpool. Man United. Bum, bum. Boring game. <laughs> <laughs> very, very boring game. But, there um, was, I'll give them both teams, that there was quite a lot of shots. Yeah. Um, but just, there were a couple of close calls, actually. Yeah. Both teams going across the goal. Yeah. Uh, De Gea stepping up again for us. Yeah. That's, is it bad that the, our best player is our keeper? Well, he was your best player last season, yeah. too, so... Yeah. But Rooney's back, so... Yeah, what a stellar 2016 Rooney's having. Yeah, he's yeah. Um, got a 100 goals now, yes. I think. Um, he's got, I think, eight goals, and he'll catch up to uh, Bobby Charlton. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, so... Maybe Rooney should, like, once he breaks the record, have, like, a special commemorative, like, comb-over. <laughs> he game, should. For Bobby Charlton. <laughs> he'll probably start a trend, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... But so, yeah, you, you, you know, you mentioned yeah, Rooney scored, but I think United only had one shot on target for the whole game. Yeah, um, and it well, yeah, because it came off a Fellaini header. That's right, it did that too. hit the, the crossbar and came back. Um, and I almost thought that Rooney was missing because it was going quite high. Yeah, but it, it, it seemed to go under the bar. So really good hit too. Yeah, I was happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure he loved scoring um, in front of the Liverpool fans. Oh yeah. I mean, he, he is really an, an Everton fan at, at heart. <laughs> he um, is. So yeah, he would have absolutely loved. Well, that. you see him in the in the oh, crowd. Yeah, he's watching. been there before. Um, so yeah, now it's, it's it's good to get the win, but I'm still, I'd. I still would rather us play a lot better than we are. Yeah. Um, there's so many 
people saying we need a striker, we need defenders. Um, I, for me, I don't think we need individual players. We yep. need team players. Yeah. Um, maybe like, you just need a change of atmosphere. Well, <laughs> you mean LVG? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, I think if um, if United were going to get uh, Jose, he'd already be in by now. True. Uh, so yeah, I think we need we need team players. We need. I think you're right. We need a new manager. Um, I don't necessarily want a new manager, but I think we might need it. Yeah. There's rumours of going around actually that um, Ryan Giggs would step up, right. with Alex Ferguson by himself. Oh wow! Um, so <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, you know, stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. So <laughs> it wouldn't be the first manager to make a return to his club. We've seen it quite regularly actually the last few years. So yeah. But, um, Doug Leash at, at Liverpool, uh, Kevin Keegan at Newcastle, Jose at Chelsea. So, yeah, you know, it does tend to happen. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy that we won, but we're still playing boring football. Yeah. Um, but we just seem to be matching the opposition. Yeah. So, like, take the Newcastle game, for example. We scored three goals, but yeah. so did Newcastle. Yeah. So we just seem to be just playing like every other team out there. So... We need something different. We need to be attacking. So. Uh, after the um, FA Cup fixtures, the well, two <laughs> Which was lucky that we even won that. <laughs> well, um, Paul Scholes was. Yeah, I think United had a what an injury time penalty to, yeah. to get through, and um, you know Paul Scholes was interviewed on you know with I think he was working for one of the TV stations, and he was basically saying like, look how bored the fans are. Look how he goes. The players look bored. Even yeah. like the coaches on the on the bench look bored. Like there's no. This isn't Manchester United. Like, yeah, it's just it's boring football. Who wants to watch this stuff? It, it seems like it, it feels like the players aren't connecting with Van Gaal because they he doesn't seem the uh, friendly type. No, no, definitely not. And I think he's not the type of manager where you can sort of say, "Oh, look, Louis. By the way, I don't think this is working. So yeah. why don't we try this?" Yeah, I think he's like, no. Yeah. It makes me wonder. It just what, means we work harder. <laughs> it makes me wonder what uh, Ryan Giggs is doing. Yeah, like, he's like putting the cones out. Yes, Mister Van Gaal. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Mister Van Gaal. <laughs> uh, but anyway, look, you know, take a. I'd take a scrappy oh, one yeah, nil win exactly, over yeah, exactly right. Uh, anything. Three over. points is three. Do you want to swap? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, talking about scrapping, scrapping nil alls. Uh, Stoke Arsenal. Not too much here, but um, basically just a, a highlight reel for both Peter Check and. Jack Butland. Yeah. Both oh, both goalkeepers were absolutely phenomenal. and um, uh, Yeah. Just one thing on Liverpool. Um, oh, yeah. Mignolet signed a new five-year deal. I don't know if that's good or bad for Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we saw recently uh, Bogdan has made one or two appearances of late. He, he featured in the FA Cup as well against... I think they were playing Exeter, who were a League Two side. Yeah. And Exeter scored from a corner kick. Yeah. Direct, <laughs> yeah. Because Bogdan decided to leave the ball fly over his head and fly to the net. So yeah. Well, if it can happen to De Gea, it can sure, happen yeah. to, <laughs> to to Bogdan. Uh, to Bogdan, sorry. Um, I was going to say yeah. back to goalkeepers. Yeah. Stoke. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just a really good performance. Like both both managers just spoke glowingly of both goalkeepers, and it's not the first time. Um, Jack Butlin's had praise from an opposition manager yeah. this season. He's, um, he's, I think he has now made the most saves in the league this season. Yes. Um, so it just shows that you know Stoke, you know they tend to have a few lapses in defence, but Butlin seems to bail them out quite a lot of the yeah. time. Like he seems to make a lot of reflex instinct six yeah. yard bo- six yard box saves. Very De Gea ish. Yeah, very De Gea ish. Um, um, but we also saw vintage Peter Check. Like oh, he yeah. was the way he was getting to some of those balls. Yeah. Um, uh, well you can see why Arsenal signed him. Oh well I mean it was their only signing in the January yeah. transfer window. And you know, if you get the right keeper they can almost win you like, you know, twelve to fifteen points a season. Yeah. And Peter Check's proving that. Like he's he's doing his job at his end of the pitch. So yeah. I could be wrong, but I think the number is 81 saves. Yeah. Total 80, for Butlin. 81? 80, yeah, it's 80s. 81, 82, or 83. Yeah. It's, like, it's around that mark, which is, yeah, phenomenal effort. Yeah. Should be England's number one come, come <laughs> Europe. I've been saying it since yeah start of this season, I think. But um, And, yeah, the last game we had uh, this morning, Swansea with a much-needed 
1-0 win over Watford. A um, little bit of a surprise, considering, you know, Watford have been scoring goals for fun yep. of late with um, Ingalo and Dini. Um, any coincidence that there's no more Jojo Shelby? They win now. Maybe. Also, <laughs> they had their new, their new manager, an Italian, um, named by um, Francesco Guidolin. <laughs> I don't know, I've probably said that wrong, but um, he used to coach Udinese quite a number of years ago in Serie A, who they did play Champions Football very briefly. I think they finished third one season. Back This is back when Serie A was actually a good competition. Yeah. Not like now, because it's rubbish. Uh, so, yeah, he's he'll come in and, you know, a bit of a weird time because Swansea or almost, you know, they got rid of Gary Monk almost like 10 weeks ago. Yeah. And then they were like saying, oh, yeah, we want a manager with Premier League experience. And then few weeks went by and then they said oh Alan Curtis our caretaker manager he's just going to see out the rest of the season with us and then the results didn't happen and then they hire this new manager yeah <laughs> so it's you know a little bit topsy-turvy but you know at least Swansea are trying to do something I suppose so yeah um, maybe having a new manager in the stands probably sparked them up so yeah well good. this is the time that if you're in a relegation zone this is like your almost last chance to to start something new yeah, and, and yeah. build yourself. So yeah. it's yeah, it's not a surprise that um, you know teams like Swansea are, yeah. and West Ham are, and Aston Villa are uh, sorry, not West Ham. Um, Swansea and Aston Villa are trying to push yeah. themselves back up there. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean Swansea do have a lot of quality in that team. If you know anyone could start, but. Should be them, but um, yeah, much needed three points because it meant that they got out of the relegation zone and pushed Newcastle back down. So, um, yeah. yeah, nearly all those teams down the bottom besides Sunderland picked up points this week. So, yeah, just shows you can't really afford to lose pace. Um, okay, so tattoos are permanent, would you say? Yes, they are, Dave. <laughs> for example, if I was to get a Manchester United tattoo, I would have that for the rest of my life. Yeah, you would. Did what, you get one? No. Oh. <laughs> but what would be worse if I named my son Manchester or I got a Manchester United tattoo? What would be worse? I think naming your son Manchester <laughs> or daughter. <laughs> but what if it's done in a genius way? Yeah. Tell us about it, Pete. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we always ask for, for comments and, and stuff from, from our listeners and um Good friend of our Stav sent us in. Um, a, it was actually from Australia, and this newspaper article did the rounds everywhere yep. around the world. And it was about baby names, and it said, "You know, tell us the story of your baby name." And this little girl's name was uh, Lanesra, and the the wife said, <laughs> "Oh, um, our daughter's two years old. Her name is Lanesra, and it was really unique. My husband came up up with it." It's only recently that he told me that it's actually the name of his football club, Arsenal, (laughs) spelled backwards, and he didn't tell me. That's genius. (laughs) That is absolutely genius. So, uh, you know, it's not like they could change the name now. And it is, when you say it a few times, Lanesra, Lanesra, it sort of... It sounds unique and doesn't sound familiar. Yeah. um, You know, it's it's not like it's a subliminal name where you're like... Lanestra, where have I heard that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, and this guy probably is from, like, Black Rock in New South Wales. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that story did, did the rounds all around the world. So yeah. good on to that guy for sneaking that one past the keeper. I um, I did see on Facebook, um, it was, I reckon it was at least a year ago, and it was a guy who recently got a girlfriend. Yeah. And you know how there's, like, for example, if you um, – like if you love Star Wars and, and you get a girlfriend and you want to make sure she loves it too, and if she hasn't seen it, you show her them. Yeah. Whether she likes it or not, at least she's seen them and you can, you can go about your business. Yeah. And or, she doesn't like Star Wars, you leave her, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this one guy gave his girlfriend, and it was Arsenal too, it was an Arsenal questionnaire. Oh, really? Yeah. And she had to answer the questions. Um, I don't know what the outcome was, yeah. but, yeah, that's uh, that's a little too much for, for my liking. Oh, but that guy with Lancero is a genius. Yeah, yeah, well played to that guy. So uh, he's probably at the pub with his mates just toast to give you. Yeah. Uh, good on him. So, um, anyway, let's have a – so thanks for setting that in, Stab. And, yeah, if you guys see anything – 
obscure or want to get in touch, please feel free. We'll give you all the details at the, the end of the show. But um, let's have a look at coming up games this weekend because there's quite a few belters. So starting off uh, the first match, the only early time at 11.45pm is Norwich versus Liverpool. Yeah, um, Liverpool have a history of absolutely thrashing Norwich <laughs> of recent times. So, yeah, I think Liverpool will yep. seek revenge. I'd agree with you. Uh, and then we have the start of the midnight, uh, the 2 a.m. games, I should say. Leicester City versus Stoke City. <sighs> City could be derby. A tight one because. It could be. Leicester have kind of been, I don't know, just dropping form a little bit. Yeah, and. <sighs> It depends which Stoke turns up. Like sometimes, like you get like fantastic Stoke who are really you know interesting to watch, but then you also get the real stubborn Stoke. Yeah, yeah. I think this will be a draw. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, Crystal Palace Tottenham London Derby. I'm going with Tottenham. Yeah, I think I'll go with Tottenham too. Um, yeah, Crystal Palace will be looking to finally get a win, <laughs> but um, Tottenham are flying high and. Don't really have too many injury concerns, so yeah, yeah. Stick with the status quo. Um, Man United Southampton, the battle for money. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's so hard with us because we're just we either drop form or pick up form depending on who we're playing. Yeah. So I reckon it's going to be a two-all draw. Okay. Uh, you think United will score two goals? Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, it depends on if Southampton score two goals. <laughs> you know what? I can see a Charlie Austin eighty-seventh minute winner. All right. So, yeah, you heard it here first, people. <laughs> uh, yeah, Watford then hosts Newcastle United. Watford regain their form? Uh, or does the John Joe show just continue to roll on? It's a good question. Mm. I'm going to go Watford. It. You're going to go Watford? Watford. Kike Sanchez Flores side? He might have a prescription for a winning game <laughs> oh yes um west brom versus aston villa um i've already got my sleep medication sorted out for that night uh, yeah i think football will be the loser here yeah you know what will happen though it'd be like a 4-3 probably, to someone yeah, sometimes like these games end up being like the most entertaining but yeah i just can't see it happening a tony pula side versus aston villa yep. who couldn't score in a brothel anyway um sunderland bournemouth now, It'll this be, one could be good. Um, I'm going to go Bournemouth. You're going to go Bournemouth? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'll go with Bournemouth too. I love Eddie Howe. Like, <laughs> I love Eddie Howe as a manager. Yeah. Uh, you just, you see that, that cheeky grit of his on the sideline. He's always, like, so happy in the, <laughs> the post-match press conferences. Uh, he's just so happy. You just want to give him a big cuddle. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Bournemouth there. So um, Maybe he's been getting some happy pills from Kiko Sanchez. <laughs> maybe. Um, West Ham versus Manchester City. Uh, you'd assume City would. Uh... Yeah, I think if the Sergio Aguero turns up again, could be City, yeah. Um, Everton Swansea. This one could be quite interesting. Do you think Everton could actually get three points? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Um, they might concede a goal late in the game. Yeah, <laughs> true. But, yeah, I'd say they can get three points. It won't be a clean sheet, though, that's for sure, because no. it's Everton. Um, and, yeah, the, the final game is it's like, like 3 a.m. Monday morning. Um, Arsenal, Chelsea, London derby. Unfortunately, no Diego Costa, so we can't get players sent off this time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go with Arsenal. Yeah, you're going with Arsenal? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think form-wise, <laughs> you'd have to go with Arsenal. But who knows, maybe Chelsea could manage to get a draw. I'm yeah. sort of saying more out of hope yep. than anything. But, um, yeah. That means then, next week, midweek, then yep. weekend games. Yeah. So, so it's a similar situation we had last week where we had FA Cup on the weekend followed quickly by a midweek round of EPL. So, yeah. Um, yeah, let's just run all the players into the ground. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, that's the fixtures coming up. So let's do the thing where we tell people we can contact us. If you do want to contact us, you can head to www.sidenettingpod.com 
or you can contact us on Twitter, which our handle is. Yep, signnet underscore pod. Or if you want to contact Pete directly. Yep, um, I am at Trolley Lamb. What else do I That's about it. Oh, yeah, we um, also have the Facebook page, so which ah, yes. people are starting to use and getting in contact with, share banter. So um, feel free to join in. I'm always trying to post up a lot of funny stuff. Trying my hardest. <laughs> it's a bit hard because when you see something quite funny, you go to put it up and then you realise that, like, because I follow that many different follow, uh, yeah. football accounts, like three people have already put it up. It's like, oh, damn it. Anyway, I'll just put it up anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, join in, send us questions. Uh, iTunes, if you can give us a good review, yes. that would be very, uh, very special. Yes. And if you like movies, Dave's now doing a movie podcast wow. called Film Files. So check it out. It's it's really good if you if you like your movies. We you we usually throw in at least one movie reference per football <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you like your movies, check it out. You won't be disappointed at all. If you can pick this week's, you'll win a prize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, thanks for joining us, and we'll speak to you guys soon. Bye.